0: And uh, it's March Madness, right? And uh, we're, how about some March Gladness? How many are ready for that this morning? March Gladness. We are in a series of messages, if you've not been with us, for the last couple of weeks on the 23rd Psalm, which is probably the most popular or known Scripture in all of Scripture, used in movie uh, lyrics, different things, um, song lyrics, different things like that. And so uh, today, once again, we're going to be looking at this. We are in a series, seven weeks on just this one psalm. So instead of topical preaching, which is the style that Jesus used mostly, is topics. Uh, he would talk about you know children and and how we should be as children. He would talk about. Uh, our money and how we should use that. He would do different topics. he talked about prayer and, and teach on that. And, and so he's very topical driven in the style that he preached. But the style that we're using for this series for seven weeks leading up to Easter is Uh, expository preaching which is verse by verse phrase by phrase just breaking it down and so today we're looking at yet another phrase in the second verse of this great psalm and we're going to read it together in a moment let me just bring you up to speed Uh, again if you haven't been with us david is the author as in King David, as in David slew Goliath David. And so uh, he was a shepherd boy, uh, one of eight boys in a family, the youngest, and tended the sheep. But he did not write this. Is what I think is the most fascinating thing about this psalm is most Bible scholars believe that David did not write this when he was a boy. Rather, most all these Psalms were later when he was a king and he had time to reflect upon his life and he reflected upon being a shepherd what that was like and he transfers that image to God, that God is our shepherd. And so he leads us off with this great Psalm in saying, the Lord is my shepherd. And on week one, we learned how he is a personal God. How many know that today? He's a personal God. You may have grown up thinking you just go to church, you do some rituals, you light some candles, you take some communion, you do whatever you do at that particular church and and thing and you go through the motions and whatever, but that is not what God intended. He intended for you to meet with him personally to be in personal relationship with him. And so David leads off with that. And today, just like the spoken word a while ago uh, so beautifully illustrated and set this up today, we're going to talk about how God refreshes. So if you have a Bible, it ought to start getting ready to just open up. Psalm 23. After about seven weeks of this, right? It should just open up kind of to Psalm 23. Let's stand to our feet in honor of God's word because we're going to read this psalm together from the new international version, the most popular. Used version of the Bible in the last 10 plus years. That's why we're using it. I know you may have grown up with a different version or whatever, but we're using the one that's the most popular version to be able to keep us all together. All right, Psalm 23, let's read it together. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He "'Refreshes my soul. "'He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. "'Even though I walk through the darkest valley, "'I will fear no evil.'" For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Amen. Go ahead and be seated sheep, and I've got my sheep up here again, all right? This is, if you didn't meet him last week, he's been up here every week, but last week we gave him a name, and a bunch of you voted, a bunch of you online voted, and uh, his name, unfortunately, is Babs, okay? So, so this is Babs, and uh, if you didn't know this about sheep, sheep, are very thirsty animals. I mean, they crave water. As a matter of fact, they drink up to five gallons of water a day. Five gallons. How many struggle with your eight glasses a day? Yeah. It's just like, I can't quite get the aid in. You know, I, I mean, they they will drink up to eight gallons of water per day. And uh, what's crazy about that, and part of the reason is many of them, they love living in the arid, hot uh, areas of the world. Uh, they don't mind that at all. Uh, but they had to have them some water. But David, when he's writing this, uh, let me throw a picture up here. They can throw that up for us. Uh, the Negev desert area is much of the land of Israel that David would have been looking at where sheep were led and guided and directed. And here these sheep are that need water, yet water was scarce, and, and so the shepherd, part of the shepherd 's responsibility right is is he 's got to lead and guide and direct these sheep through this desert to get to some kind of water source because otherwise he 's going to lose the flock, and it 's not the sheep 's responsibility to get this five gallons. It is the shepherd's responsibility. Are you getting this? So the shepherd, his responsibility is to give to the flock, to give to the sheep the living water, the the water that will help them to live that they need, and so he, he is saying, hey, I will take some responsibility for this because I know you crave, you crave it. And uh, how many crave some things? Who is it? Is it? Is it Taco Bell that says uh, something about you crave, you crave uh, uh, nacho fries? Is that it? Nacho fries, I haven't even had any nacho fries, all right, so I'm afraid if I start, I may not stop because uh, uh, of what they say, but uh, yeah, we crave things, and, and, and when it's hot, when it's hot, right, you're, you're even more thirsty. I know when we've been in the Dominican Republic specifically, and uh, working there, and And building a children's center that today serves over 200 children in one village and provides uh, an oasis of hope uh, in a very hopeless area of the Dominican Republic. Many of us sponsor uh, some of those kids each month uh, so that they receive uh, the nourishment physically and spiritually that they need. Uh, but we were down there, we've been laying block, we put that whole thing together, and, and different times of the year when we would be down there working. It seems like we always went in the summer, too. How I many can I say intelligence, right, you know, and so we would go, but but we wanted kids to be able to go with us out of school, different things like that, and, and so we would get down there, and we had to coach everybody and say, listen, people are nice, people are Thrilled. They're, they're so happy that we're here and, and they could come up to you and in well-meaning ways offer you a drink. Don't take it. Do not drink it under no circumstances. And sure enough, at times, someone would come along, sometimes up to the worksite site. And, and they'd have their jug, you know, of, of homemade, I don't know, Gatorade or something that they, they'd put together, some kind of mix something at home and Kool-Aid kind of stuff. And they'd pour it out, want you to take it. And you felt terrible to say, no, thank you, because it looked good. It looked good. And when you're hot and you're thirsty and all, but we said nothing that's not sealed in a bottle. Why? Because even though it looked good, what they could be giving to you, unintentionally, of course, is a parasite. Because your system is not set up to have that in your system. And I just wonder today how many of us in our lives, look at something, and we think it's going to be good for us. Hello? We, we think it's going to be good for Oh, and I, and I crave that. Oh, I want that. I want some of that. And, and, and we crave that. But how many of you have gone for that only later to find out, hmm, there was something in it, something I didn't need, maybe alcohol? Like we were talking just earlier. And you thought, hey, it's a party. You know, I need me some. Everybody's doing it, whatever. Maybe it was sex. Maybe it was drugs. I don't know what it was for you. But once you got it, you, you didn't intend to be addicted, right? You, you, that wasn't your intent. That wasn't what you thought. But see, you didn't know. You didn't know that there was a parasite. There was something that could... Lead you to more dissatisfaction than satisfaction. You know what I'm saying? All right, here's Psalm 23. Let me back this up. I love the, the picturing that, that Solomon, the son of David, does with some of his proverbs. And here's what he does he, he gets pretty graphic here. So, just a warning to parents, all right? Uh, put, don't, uh, and, and put a knife to your throat, okay? If you are given to gluttony, ooh, some of us would be in trouble, wouldn't we? We'd have some some marks, right? (laughs) Where where the knife got pretty close. He says, do not crave his delicacies. And he's talking about the king or people in power that want to power over you. Because here's what he says about it. That food is deceptive. See, there are things in this world, there are things in this culture that that seem good. Money. If I had more money, I'd be more happy. If I had more fame, I'd be more happy. I'd be more content. If I had that person as my person, then I'd be content. If I could have more pleasure today, then... I would be more happy. If I had more possession, you you just name it. But how many know those things, you get them and you're not satisfied? What you thought would satisfy doesn't satisfy. And and here's what he's saying. And actually, what happens is now you're under control. See, the, the king gave you that, or the leader, whoever it was that wanted power over you, gave it to you. Maybe it was your first dope dealer right, that gave it to you, oh, this one's free, you know, oh, here, have some, and and what you didn't know is they're reeling you in, Uh, they're trying to get power over you, and you felt worse later, Psalm 23, verse 2 is our verse today, and in the second part of that's where we're starting in, because we left off last week uh, in, in phase two of this series, phase three, he leads me beside quiet waters. I want you to understand, he leads me. He leads me. He's leading me. And David said, that's who's leading me. The great shepherd of my soul, the good shepherd, as Jesus was referred to, he's leading me. I want to say to somebody today, something's leading you. Someone's leading you. You will be led by something. Something leading your life. It could be cravings. You know, the Bible word for cravings is flesh. The flesh wants that. And the problem is the flesh is ignorant, right? It doesn't know what's behind it. It doesn't understand what's going on. And and so the Bible says it's not worth it. I'm telling you, the reason why I'm telling you don't do these things is because of where it will lead. Don't go to that website. You'll get addicted. Don't take that. Don't drink that. Don't go there. Don't be with him. It it will lead you. And and so here's what the Bible says, just real quick, is, is kill it or it will kill you. You you better kill the, the flesh. You better kill the craving or the craving could take over your life and destroy your life. The second thing that influences us and could be leading us is culture. You know, culture wants to lead us. The culture comes along and says, hey, here's the way it ought to be. And, and this is the way you ought to do things. And we call them influencers today, right? And, and we're a, that person oh, they're a cultural influencer. Well, what are they doing? Are, are they all that? Really? I mean, you don't know people by their tweet, "Hello?" or their airbrushed photo that they took, you know, took them 50 shots with 50 different screens and different things and and different kinds of stuff that, oh, no, no, throw that one away, you know, there it is. And if we touch it up a little bit, there it is. And then you're like, oh, I don't look like that. They don't look like that, all right? So so here's the thing. Whatever, uh, just real quick, whatever culture says is good is probably bad. Just, just think of it that way. Just, just whatever culture is saying is good, it's probably bad because they are not consulting the wisdom of God in what they're saying, okay? Now, here's the next thing, is we could be influenced by our crew. Oh, we, we got some friends, right? And, and friends can lead you, and so you need to be careful who is in your life, because the Bible says, bad company. Okay, that was a preacher joke, all right? <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't resist the preacher joke, all right? So, bad company corrupts good character. So, in other words, not, not good character rubs off on other people, that'd be nice, but in a lot of cases, unless you're super duper strong in your faith, filled up and overflowing with the Holy Spirit, then chances are, after a while, the influence is gonna work on you. And and psychologists and different people who study relationships say that you are the sum total of your five closest friends. So in other words, financially, uh, in in emotion, happiness, whatever. If you have five depressed people, guess what? You are depressed. And if you have five people in your life in debt, struggling, whatever, chances are you are too. Because bad company corrupts good character, and, and and here's what else the Bible says in Jeremiah chapter two verse thirteen. God says, "My people have committed two sins." I love this. This, this explains so much. They have forsaken me. There's one, and then the, and and I'm the spring of living water. They, they've gone after fake water. In other words. And have dug their own cisterns. And and then he describes them broken cisterns, by the way, that cannot hold water. And and so cisterns are like a reservoir. Okay, That, that that's a word, another word, if you just think of it this way, is a reservoir. And and so God says so they have these reservoirs. They're trying to, you know, I'm going to accumulate. I'm going to whatever. And, and he says, but doesn't hold it. it. It just all runs out. And if you ever thought, I thought I'd be happier by 30 than I am. I, I thought by 40, I I'd not have it figured out. I thought by now, you know, I, I getting out of college, oh, hmm. no. Get on to living, right? Only you're de- more depressed than you ever have been. What is that? Here's what the Bible says. The Bible says your cisterns, your, your retainers, your, your, your reservoirs don't hold the water. It just leaks out. In other words, you're happy for a day. You're happy for a moment. And then you have dissatisfaction. And here's the fourth way. This is the best way is Christ to lead your life, right? If Christ leads your life, it makes all the difference in the world. Pull pull that uh, verse up here, or rather that quote by St. Augustine for me. Here's what he said. Thou hast made for thyself, O Lord, made us for thyself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until it finds its rest in thee. Doesn't that describe it? Because how many of you, you were lost until you were found? (laughs) You know, you you didn't know how to explain it. You didn't know how to word it or whatever. You spent so many years and whatever. You went through college trying to figure, oh, it's this one, it's this thing, or it's that, or whatever. And finally, I don't know when it happened for you. For me, I was young. I was a kid when I, I discovered it. But our soul is restless. Some of you are restless, and you'll stay restless. No car, no house, no amount of sex, no amount of sexual partners, no amount of drugs. Nothing can fill the God-shaped hole in your soul other than God himself. And, and so for those of you who say, oh, you know, uh, I, I want to, you know, give my life to Christ and, and, and become a Christian because then all the fun is gone. Let me tell you something. If you think Christianity is dry, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. There, there's something wrong. You, you, you're following the wrong person because Jesus was anything but dry. And Jesus said, matter of fact, this is our theme verse around here at this church, is John ten ten, where Jesus said, I want you to know that I have come, that you might have life and have it to the full, not just half life, but full life, because there's hope, help, healing, and power through him. How many have found it, right? You found it. You found it. So... How, how do we help poor Babs to get his water? How are we going to help him? How's the shepherd do that? Uh, again, up to five gallons he can consume in a day. How does he do that? Well, one of the books I said I'm, I'm reading for this series is Philip Keller's book, A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23. And in Keller's book, it's so wonderful because it gives such a great picture uh, of what this is like, what shepherding is like. He says there's three main sources that a sheep will be able to get the moisture, the liquid that it so desperately needs to survive. And I want us to look and and draw an analogy from these three refreshing sources today. The first one that he names is dew. Turn to the person next to you and say, do the dew, all right? (laughs) All right, so I'm talking about dew on a leaf, right? And and so here's what happens. Here's how this looks. He explains it in the book. The first thing the shepherd does in the morning is early, before the sun even comes up, he analyzes how heavy the dew is. And he says, oh, this field, it looks like it's great. And so he guides the sheep as soon as the sun starts to come up. He, he guides them into that field so that they can get the moisture that the dew has left on the leaves. And listen to this. Most of the sheep's liquids for the day will come from that source. As those uh, vines, as those leaves are saturated in moisture, the sheep will go And they'll consume, and and they'll get the moisture and more moisture, and they'll just keep eating and eating and eating until finally, after the heat of the sun has dried up everything that's left, and, and most of their daily refreshment comes from that. I want you to know that Jesus said, when you pray, you need to pray, God, give us our daily bread. Give us our daily bread. In other words, Sunday's not enough, okay? This is part of why your Christianity's dry, okay? I'll just be honest with you. It's because you only do it on Sunday. Who am I talking to today? So so what you need is you need daily refreshing from God's Word. And, and you need to take in the good, pure food of God's Word. It's a clean source. The dew was a clean source of liquid, of water for these sheep. And, and here's the thing. I don't know why this is. Have you ever thought about this? Have you ever thought about why does food that's not good for you taste so good? Have you ever anybody with me on that? It's like I love some fettuccine alfredo. Come on, somebody, <laughs> dump the cream in that, you know, and cheese and and all and and um, you know. Then I I figure out it, it's not good for you. You should eat the apple. <laughs> and it's like, mmm, yeah. Bring me that apple, you know? Wow. I, I just hate that, don't you? Be, because I, I think that's why heaven's gonna be so awesome, right? It, 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 God will take care of the fettuccine Alfredo. It won't, it won't hurt you. Maybe something like that's gonna happen. But, but junk food, here's the thing, though. But Let's just be honest. We eat this junk food, and then later... We don't feel so good. Later, we're tired. We're just, oh, I just feel like I could take a nap. You know, I just, oh, I just, somebody says, hey, you want to go to the gym? Gym, I want to go to bed. That's what I want to do. You know, and, and, and so let's be real. It, it's not good for us. And, and we understand that, and some of you Here's the problem. It's what you're eating spiritually. Instagram. Facebook. TikTok. Wherever it is. News. And then you're wondering, why am I depressed today? Man, I'm getting a headache. I just don't know why. I get these headaches every day after I spend three hours on my phone. I don't understand that. You know, scrolling. Scrolling. And and what it is 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 those things cannot satisfy. What if instead of getting up and going to Instagram or whatever, you went to worship? You went into the Word. Here's what Jesus said in Psalm, in Matthew chapter five, verse six: "Blessed are those who hunger and what thirst, thirst for righteousness, because what's going to happen? They will be." filled. And the Greek word that Jesus uses there implies satisfaction. They will have the satisfaction that people are spending their day looking for. So let me just quickly ask you, what's your daily routine? What's your daily routine? You know, I I heard somebody, I I think it was an old preacher who one time said, "You, you either get up and say, good morning, Lord, or, good Lord, it's morning, right? <laughs> and, and that's a big difference. That's a big difference. How do you start your day? Getting up, griping, complaining. Oh, it's going to be a terrible day today. Uh oh, is it morning already? Lost that hour of sleep. Who's the idiot? Came up, up with this, you know? What, what is this all about? I, I just don't understand you know, I, I need some rest. And I, or maybe, oh, i got to go to work. It's Monday. It's Tuesday. Finally, it's Friday. And, and you just drag on and, and act like that. Listen, David, who wrote this in another spot, here's what he wrote. Seven times a day, I praise him. What if you set your watch, what if you set your phone to go off seven times a day, and you started out each morning saying, good morning, Lord, welcome, Holy Spirit, fill me right now before I even get out of this bed, just... Just fill me right now, saturate me. Before I jump in the shower, I want you to shower me with your presence and your power. I need you today. I've got to do some deals at work. I've got a test at school. I've got some things going on. Oh, fill me now. I need you, I need you. Just like we sang earlier, I need you. Oh, I need you. What if you started off like that? And seven times a day, when you're getting ready to pull in the driveway of your house and hit the button and go in there, and you're like, Lord, help us. Those p- little people are going to be all over me, wanting me and everything and all. And, all. And, and what if you just paused and said, Holy Spirit, help me to get the cruddy. I almost said crappy, but some of you don't like that. Uh, out of my, out of my life that I had at work today. All the junk that I, people, you know, throwing junk on me and my life today. And I got all that in me now. And, and so Holy Spirit, flush it out. Cause I'm about to go in there with these little people that need me that need a Holy Spirit-filled dad right now, that needs somebody who can give life to this house. So, Holy Spirit, I can't do it on my own. I cannot do it, but I need you, I need you. And then go in the house. I mean, that sounds a little better. Sounds a little better. Listen, just one more thing. See, there's some meals I've eaten that are memorable I, I won't go into them I've had different meals uh, one was on a beach in Hawaii come on somebody you know I was blessed to be able to do that And uh, when Michelle worked for Hyatt Hotels in Chicago and, and we traveled free and all, it was just amazing probably never happened again in this lifetime But but anyway it's memorable okay but if you said What'd you have for lunch three weeks ago on Tuesday? I'd probably say, I don't know. I eat at my desk most of the time. It's probably something left over. But what it was, I don't know. Could have been peanut butter crackers if I didn't have any leftovers, (laughs) you know? But I seriously don't know. You know what? It's not memorable, but it's needed. See, and and there are times in your life that you're gonna have God moments that are supernatural and special, but that doesn't mean every day with God isn't important. Hello? We need that daily bread. It's essential. And here's the second way that they would... Uh, well, let me read one more psalm. One more psalm, all right? We got time for this. Psalm 42, verse one. As the deer pants, I grew up hearing this one. I even sang it once upon a day. As the deer pants for the streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul, is this just a description of you? Is this you? My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When? When? Can I go and meet with him? David said, I want to do it at least seven times a day because I love him so much because he's so much a part of my life. He is my life. I thirst for him. All right, here's the next one. Streams, streams. And, and here's what Keller says. About once a week, uh, the shepherd says, okay, we've had to do and that's been good. We, we did the do each day. But now we, we need to get you boys, you, you girls, some serious liquid right now. So I know where a good stream is, a soft-flowing stream where you won't be spooked, you won't be scared, and you can go and just drink and drink, and you can get five gallons if you want to. At the stream. And so, what it implies to me is at least once a week, you need to gather together with other people. You need to go somewhere where it's more than just do. It's more than just you reading the Bible. It's more than, than just you hanging out with God, but it's other people hanging out. I'm talking about coming into God's house and coming with God's people and singing some of God's uplifting songs and worshiping him together. There's just something about it. David said, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord, right? Right? I was glad, even if it was Sunday where I'll lose an hour of sleep, right? I'm still glad. I'm still glad. And I think about people, even online right now, that could be watching. I've had people contact me from Pakistan and different places watching this broadcast. I don't know where all this may be reaching today. And thank you for sharing it, because when you... Even before you leave here today and you share it on your social media, you just have no idea who all it can reach. But I think of people today that are gathering together and they watched behind them to see if somebody was following. Maybe somebody from the KGB. Maybe somebody from the Chinese Communist Party. They they were watching to see am I, am I going to be okay. But here's what I love about that, is it doesn't make any difference. If the KGB want to follow me, if the Chinese Communist Party want to follow me or whatever, one of these days they just might catch me. But bless God, I am not going to stay home. I am not going to stay away. There's something powerful about gathering with other people who name the name above every name. There's something that happens. There's an explosion in that place when people get How many know I'm talking about? You know, it's like you can cut my head off and I'll still do my best to walk to church (laughs) because I'm just gonna go. Matthew 18 20. Here's how Jesus put it For where two or three gather in my name, there, everybody say, there, there. Am I with them? Now, I want you to know, God is with you, the Bible says, everywhere. David said, I can go to the highest mountain, you're there. I go to the lowest valley, you're there. I could go under the sea. I could go out in space. I could go wherever, and you're there. You're just there everywhere. But according to your Savior, according to the one who died for you, According to his words, here's what he says. There's just something extra when two or three are gathered there, wherever there is. How many are there right now? He's here right now. He could heal you right now. It's not that he couldn't have done it before you got here. It's not that he couldn't have spoken to you before you arrived. It's not that he can't be in your car. It's not that he can't be in the shower. It's not that he can't be everywhere else with you. But there's just something that happens according to Jesus. When two or three gather in his name, there I will be in the midst of them there and the psalmist says in psalm 92 verse 13 you, you need to be planted where in the house of the lord see not like partial planting how many know you can't partially plant something that's gonna live <laughs> right you just, well i think i'm gonna move it over here and now i'm gonna move it over here and i'm gonna i'm gonna well, I'll just kind of toss it there and see what happens. No, but to be planted in the house of the Lord, what's gonna happen? This describes what happens when you get planted, when you quit flitting around, as my mom used to say, quit flitting around and get planted in the house of the Lord. Here's what happens. They flourish. How many want to flourish? Here's what Keller said. He says, what's amazing is he would watch and as a shepherd be leading the sheep on the way to a beautiful, clear stream where the mountain snows have melted and the cold, cool waters of refreshment are waiting. And on the way there, some sheep stop and drink out of a polluted puddle. Sure enough, he says, I'd look and there'd be a sheep, dirty water, dirty, muddy, maybe urine and feces in that water, he said, from the other sheep. And they're done. like, you dumb sheep. What are you doing? You're getting parasites. You're getting whatever... Potentially, there's great water just ahead. I wonder how many today are drinking in polluted puddles. I wonder how many online today. The whole reason why you can't find satisfaction. The whole reason why. You say, well, I tried Christianity or whatever. But then you try to dabble in it. And then you're over in a polluted puddle. No wonder your soul is sick. No wonder you cannot find refuge. It's only found in the pure stream of God's presence. And here's the third way that Keller says that the sheep get the water that they need is from wells. And here's how a well happens. The sheep don't build it. Am I going too fast for somebody? (laughs) The sheep can't build the well. But the shepherd does. He loves the sheep. And especially in times of famine, in times of drought, the shepherd says, we've got to go deep. I wonder if somebody today, you're going through a time of drought, you're going through a a dark time in your life, and here's what the shepherd wants to do. He wants to do something deep in your life right now. He wants to build a well. He wants to do something in this difficult season so that when others around you struggle, you'll find strength. When others around you are anxious, you have anointing. When others around you are worried, you find worship. When others around you are pressured, you're a person of praise. Am I talking to somebody today? Don't just go through it. Grow through it. Don't just go through a difficult season. Grow through it. Mature from it. In the hard times, God can do something deep. Here's what he says in verse 3. He says, he refreshes my soul. That original word is the word shuv. Everybody say shuv. All right, we're going to learn a little Hebrew as We wrap this up today. Shuv means to restore, to bring back. Think about some of you love to restore cars. It looked like a piece of junk. It was a piece of junk. But then you started on it. And now... Some of you five years later. Some of you five months later whatever. I won't get into I'll get some marriage problems going there. Uh, all right. So anyway, it's a, it's a work in progress for some. And, and, and some of you, you restore furniture. It, it didn't look like anything, but you restored it. And I wonder how many today you may feel beyond repair. I want you to know the great restorer is able to take that which is battered and beaten and been abused and turn it around. Remake it. Here's the greatest, one of the greatest enemies of the sheep is for the sheep to get cast. All right? Keller describes this in his book. And here's what happens. The Especially the healthier, the fatter, the thicker the wool gets, the more dangerous this is for the sheep. And sometimes they'll think, "Oh, it feels so good to just lay here like this. Oh, that mmm, mm, that feels good, right? Oh, 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 yeah. Oh, hold on. <laughs> what?" what? Help. Help. little help over here. And and what happens is, and sometimes what's really dangerous is when the sheep goes off on its own and thinks, I know what I'm doing. I don't need nobody. I don't need anybody's help. I'm big stuff. I'm one of the biggest in the pack right? I'm going to go over here and I'm going to find me something. Everybody else, these losers, they they don't know where the good stuff is and they get over there and get upside down and now they can't get back up. Their legs are short. Their wool is so, so thick, their weight and they become cast and when this happens, he describes that their first stomach begins to tighten up and the acids and all build up in there. And within moments, it begins to cause them discomfort. And the more discomfort they feel, the more anxious they feel. And so then they're really kicking. And the sun's getting higher and higher. And if somebody doesn't come soon and flip this sheep over, within hours, it could be gone. Dead. And so what happens? The shepherd is counting. And he says, "Hmm." Where's Babs? Mm, I bet I know. Yep, let me, let me go. Let me go searching. And the shepherd will go, and sure enough, there's Babs, struggling, nervous, all anxious, sitting duck for any lion for any bear, for any mountain lion, anything that wants to come along because he can't do anything. He's totally paralyzed, helpless to fix his own situation. And the shepherd comes and he lovingly, he doesn't say you idiot, you forget, you just you deserve that. You earned this. Now That's not what he does. He comes and he flips the sheep. And I wonder how many today you're upside down in your marriage. You're upside down in your finances. You're upside down emotionally. You've never been this depressed before. You've never been this anxious before. This whole pandemic thing has gotten to you and and you feel the pressure, you feel the strength of it, the strain of it. and, And you need someone today who can come alongside and get you back upright. How many know a shepherd who can turn everything that's upside down right side up? Right? I know... Because he's done it in my life. And here's the thing here's the thing. If the sheep would stay together, tight together, they wouldn't flip over. See, one of the reasons why the sheep flip over, thankfully, I, I didn't slip too bad there, right? Some of you were waiting. They, they, um, they flip over is because they they just get imbalanced but if they stayed together see side by side they won't flip over and I want somebody to know today the reason why you flip over is you don't have anybody in your life to walk with you there's a life group banner out in the hallway today some of you you're not in a group You don't have anybody to share with. You don't have anybody to walk beside you to keep you upright, to help you in life's difficulties. How many know life can get difficult? Hello? Where are the real people at today here at Crossroads Church? See, life can get difficult. It can get struggling. And and here's what we need you got to quit trying to fix it on your own. The good news is, Matthew 18, 12, Jesus said, here's who I am, the good shepherd. And he'll leave the 99 to go find the one. I wonder today, are you the one? Are you the one? He's been waiting on you. Online, he's, he's been waiting on you. You've been searching for everything else. He's been searching for you to get you to come to him today. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that here in this moment, we can give ourselves to you. Holy Spirit, speak to us today. Maybe you're here today and you say, Craig, you know, I've not done the daily thing like I should there, there's, I, I, I think that's one of my problems David said seven times a day I praise him I don't know that I do that I don't know that seven, I, multiple times a day I check my phone multiple times a day I'm reading the news I'm looking at Instagram I'm looking at text messages but multiple times praising him maybe not If you're here today and you'd say, Craig, I want to align my life so that I am a person of praise. So that I am a person who's filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. How many are with me on that? You raise a hand and say, yeah, that's me today. I think I need some realignment this morning. I think I need to pay attention to the Bible app a little bit more than the other apps on my phone. Father in heaven, for those of us here and online today that need to make some adjustments. I pray that you'll help us to do that. To, to maybe whatever it takes, maybe we got to delete the whole app off our phone for a while. Maybe we've got to put the Bible out, a physical Bible out on our nightstand, open for the morning so that we'll actually read it. God, whatever this looks like for each of us, we pray through the Holy Spirit, you'll make it real so that we can become the people you want us to be. While we're still praying, there may be others of you that you're that sheep that's wandered off. You're that one that's upside down. You're that one that needs the shepherd to come and flip you back right side up. And whether you're here in this room or you're online today, the Spirit of God is speaking to you about surrendering your life to the shepherd. Quit trying to fix yourself and allow him to come in his love and mercy today. If you need God to do that for you, to flip you right side up, to turn your life into what it needs to be will you raise your hand if you're in this room just all over this room yeah just raise it up and while they're doing that if you're online and you say I need Jesus in my life type the word decided in the chat the word decided everyone uh, let's just pray this prayer everybody together so that those around you will pray it as well say dear heavenly father thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross for me I believe through his death he made a sacrifice for me so that I can be forgiven. From this point forward, as much as I know how, I surrender my life to you. Thank you for coming in and turning me right side up. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, somebody. Let's praise him today for those who made that decision. Listen, if you did that in this room, there's words on the screen that you can text to that number and take a next step. I don't know what your next step is. It could be to get baptized, whatever. Also, there's a next steps room right across the hall over here to my left and uh, in room 115 and someone would be glad to talk to you about baptism, answer questions, whatever. uh, You need to be able uh, to move on in your relationship with God. How many know God is an awesome shepherd, right? Come on. He's an awesome, awesome shepherd. Let's stand up. How about Waymaker, right? Aren't you glad and thankful for these folks today and changing lives in our community? Make sure you visit with them before you leave today. If you need prayer for any reason, come on down. Our prayer partners will be down here at the front to pray with you before you leave. Father in heaven, we thank you Again, for this powerful psalm and how we need it in this day. And so, God, we ask that we'll apply it to our lives and we'll share it with others around us. So, God, whether that's through social media sharing or whether it's through sharing just one-on-one with people talking, whatever that is, whatever that looks like, God, use us this week. Meet every need at this altar as well. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thanks for being here. If you need prayer, come on down.